you got to pursue something that gives you life that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Welcome back to another episode of The Lodges Podcast. The Lodges Podcast. Welcome back. You have to get creative. Like, your content can't just be like you sitting there. I have to, you know, master this D-list athlete if I'm going to get to C-list, to B-list, to A-list. whole slogan was basically, you're famous enough just being yourself. Just be you. A ruthless pursuit to, to be the best. All right, well, welcome everybody back to another episode of The Lodges Podcast. This is episode 55, and with us today, our guest is Brian Reedy, who is the founder of Gamer Advantage, which delivers the industry's best blue light absorbing gaming glasses. Um, Brian, we're just going to hop right into it, man. Thank you for coming on. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Definitely, definitely. I'm excited to... We've dabbled a lot, like, and, and I don't know if... Gamer Advantage would be considered in the health and wellness portion of the industry. I don't know if I'm labeling that correctly. Would that be right? Uh, yeah, de- definitely label ourselves as health and wellness. Uh, much more safety for us than novelty, no doubt. Got you, got you. Okay, so we've dabbled a lot in, in health and wellness here on the podcast. I kind of like this topic. It's always been important to me. So I'm pumped to have you, but we've yet to have anyone talk about blue light glasses or anything like that. So it'll, it'll be fun to hear about it from you. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm incredibly passionate about it. I know it like the back of my hand. And so I'm excited <laughs> to field the questions and tell the story. Definitely, definitely. Well, if you want to kind of how we always, you know, kick it off here on the podcast, if you just want to let everybody know a little bit of, you know, where you're from, what you do, uh, a bit of your background story prior to Gamer Advantage, uh, that would be great. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Brian Reedy. I'm from southeastern Michigan, grew up on a, a little island that's wedged between Michigan and Canada called Grosseal. Uh, graduated high school 2004. Always had a big passion for broadcasting, which is almost like the uh, 20 years ago version of streaming uh, to a degree. So I always loved radio, loved broadcasting. I went to Eastern Michigan University and studied electronic media and film studies with a concentration in broadcasting. So uh, my journey as a, as a kid and a, and a young adult, you know, always working and all those things. Uh, but at 10 years old, I was actually diagnosed uh, with type 1 diabetes. I was airlifted about 20 minutes away from dying. My blood sugar was 1,275, and I was in a coma. Uh, I recovered from that. And so very early on in my life, um, health and wellness was always a focus. I, uh, at, at 11 years old, I could tell you how many carbohydrates were in pretty much any food you could point to. So uh, then I go to college and I do an internship at a radio station. And at that moment, I'm invited to join the first ever FM video game radio show. It was on a CBS radio station in Detroit. It was a talk format at the time. It was one of the best times of my life. And that's where I hooked up with the guys at MLG and uh, met Zach Weigel, the founder of the Gamers Outreach Foundation, uh, still a very near and dear to my heart uh, charity that provides uh, kids with video games in hospitals, which is exactly who I was at 10. Uh, you know, they wielded a Nintendo 64 at that time, but definitely still remember that moment of playing video games while I was in the ICU. So I uh, do that show and the station flips to sports and the guy who comes in to do the station flips thinks video games are stupid and have no spot on the radio and he can't figure out a reason why a sports channel would carry a video game show. And that was the end of our show. We went on to podcast a little bit here and there. This is going back now 10 years. And I just went and pursued another career in corporate America. I actually became a banker. Then I was a branch manager. And then I got a little bit into marketing. 
And uh, when I met my wife, her family uh, had been selling eyeglasses to eye doctors across the country for almost the last 50 years. And I promised her I would never make her move out of Michigan and away from her family business because she was very active in it. Um, the bank wanted me to move out of state, like most big corporations, shift responsibilities and departments. So the option was uh, move to Cincinnati, Ohio from Michigan uh, and take not only my wife, but my uh, my in-law's only grandchild with me. So that wasn't happening. So I said to my father-in-law, I'm not interested in rebuilding a name for myself in corporate America. Uh, so either I do that or I come work for you. And he said, when can you start? So uh, I started my career in the optical industry about four years ago, wore glasses my whole life. Actually, in my eyes improved. Your eyes can get better. They're an adaptive muscle. So just because you wore glasses when you're a kid doesn't mean you're going to wear them forever. Uh, so I wore glasses from about three years old to about 16, 17. Um, and then I developed my left eye just kind of took over. And so my left eye is really strong and my right eye is a little weaker. But combined, I have 20-20 vision. And as a type 1 diabetic, that's rare. So when I joined the optical industry, one of the first things that happens is I get a request to make blue light glasses for somebody and they want a 50 cent lens and a $2 frame and they want to sell it for $29.99 on Amazon. And we did it for them and they sold a lot of glasses and made a lot of money. And one of the things that never sat right with me was the idea of they were going out and telling people that it cured migraines, digital eye strain, helped with insomnia, uh, none of that had been proven. I was the one who sourced the lens. I knew for a fact that that lens had never been proven or had no data whatsoever that it did any of those things. So we as a family, we didn't like that. We didn't like selling a product rooted in snake oil and clickbait. That's not what we do. We're a medical device company. We're certified by the FDA and there's 100 years combined optical experience here. We take optical seriously and that's why it's written to you in the form of a prescription. So we uh, decided we weren't going to do that for people anymore. And I started researching blue light. I started asking about Gunner and I started going to continuing education and meeting with neurologists and ophthalmologists and different uh, uh, professionals throughout the industry. And I was in a seminar and it was being taught by a guy, a master's degree from Vanderbilt University, wrestled for USC. He was a Marine. I mean, really impressive dude. And he's talking about how he made a lens to treat age-related macular degeneration, which is a disease in which the end result is you go blind and you go blind long before the end of your life. So you could be blind for the last 20 years of your life. And what they found is that the reason the disease was so aggressive is because when a patient doesn't reach REM sleep, the eye is in a, in a, cells are in an inflated state, but when they do reach REM sleep, the cells can repair. So he created a lens focused on achieving more REM sleep. And what we know for a fact and is not debatable is that blue light suppresses melatonin, suppress melatonin, disrupts circadian rhythm. So we can argue about blue light and digital eye strain, but digital eye strain is not a, a medical term. It's a marketing term. So when we talk about the real core of blue light, it was always about sleep and sleep has been the number one medicine since the beginning of time. There's a reason we're up when the sun is up and try to sleep when the sun is down forever. Right. Uh, yeah. So when I met this guy, I was so impressed. And I said, are you offering this lens like to the public? And he's like, no, it's only like prescribed by doctors. And he's going on and on. He's built this great business with it. And I said, we need to make gaming glasses. And he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'm in. And our families came together and we struck a partnership. And he's like a member of the family now. He's a uh, He's not just a lens supplier. He's a, an active owner and member of Gamer Advantage. And so we literally have partnered with the world's only clinically proven 
by far the best lens technology that's ever existed in the category of blue light. And because we knew frames, I designed and procured a frame that I would buy as an avid gamer, a guy that 15 years ago was trying to make a career in radio about gaming and forever never lost touch as a gamer. So yeah, I'm really specific. Um, I don't like to be taken advantage of. I don't like clickbait. I don't like to buy crap that looks like it's one thing online. You get it and it's something else. So we designed something that would not be that. And we came up with Gamer Advantage and we just started slow. And actually the first thing we did was uh, donate $30,000 to the Gamers Outreach Foundation and sponsor their event uh, at my alma mater, Eastern Michigan. So that kind of brings you up to date and uh, with my personal life and kind of how Gamer Advantage got started. No, that's, I mean, I mean, that's an incredible story. Like, like I was telling you right before we got on here, I know we got introduced through Cope. So I'm learning as, as everybody listening will be as well. So that's, that's really cool. And so you were, you were like gamers outreach while you were in the hospital. They had an impact on you as a child. Is that what you were saying? Well, gamers outreach, Zach would have been uh, six years old when that happened. So this is, okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) The concept was the same. So uh, I was at Mott's ICU, which is at the University of Michigan. It's one of the top um, uh, children's hospitals in the world. And I was airlifted there by helicopter. That's the only type of hospital at that time, 24 years ago, that even had a budget to buy a Nintendo 64 for a kid like me who was in the hospital. So video games and the concept of playing them in the hospital was something I was familiar with. Uh, a long time ago. And then when Zach started doing it, what he did is took that same concept, but built a platform around it to provide it to hospitals that in other words, otherwise wouldn't be able to afford to implement such a form of therapy. Got you. Got you. Yeah, no, I know. I know they're doing a lot of cool things, but okay. That makes sense. Um, That's cool though, that you can kind of relate to to what they were doing in the, you know, experience you had. Um, And that's, and you know, now coming back to gamer advantage and, and kind of how it got, formed um it seems like you guys had a lot of firepower on the lens side and on the glasses side between you meeting this guy and your family's background it seemed like it was just like the perfect recipe to to create this company yeah i've i'm a guy that likes to go with my gut and it felt right and it turns out it was right 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 no got you okay and so gamer advantage started how many years ago did you guys start the company Gamer Advantage really officially launched uh, summer of 2019, so a little over a year now. The event we sponsored for Zach was actually in March of 2019, but we had no idea what we were doing, so we had just taken existing frames that our family had already been selling to doctors, you know, frames that sell for two or $300, and we were basically adding the lens to the wholesale cost of the frame and trying to make it as affordable as possible. What I realized is that while the glasses we have that we sell to eye doctors are great. They're not specific to the gamer. And I was really stuck on that. And so we went back to the drawing board probably April, 2019 and took three or four months and really put together the ultimate frame while still achieving all of the benchmarks we require to be called gamer advantage. Right. No. And, and I want to ask about that process. Cause I thought that would be pretty interesting to hear about. So when you're creating, I guess, uh, blue light glasses for gamers compared to you know creating blue light glasses for let's say someone who just works in an office space or is using it for a different um you know task what is the process to curating it to a gamer compared to you know them just going to the store and you know picking blue light glasses off the shelf there yeah i think well there's a there's a couple different things so first of all um 
if you're caught up in the marketing of blue light and you just, you know, you go to, you can print anything you want on the packaging or the ad or the Amazon profile or whatever you want about claims around blue light. Cause it's not regulated. It's kind of like in the same category as a multivitamin, like some people okay. it, some people don't. And the right. FDA doesn't regulate the claims they make yet. It's a hundred billion dollar industry. So and no, there's a lot of people who'd be like, well, you can't argue against vitamins. It's like, well, you actually could if you wanted to, but, um, <laughs> So, and I'm not, I'm a fan of vitamins, but they kind of fall in the same category of like a lot of claims and sometimes not a lot of proof. So blue lights in that same area. So the first thing when we created this for the gamer was like, this is serious. This is, this is serious stuff. I mean, we have studies both independently and that are just available publicly that point to poor sleep leading to some incredibly serious medical conditions, um, including depression and during COVID now, that is such a serious thing. And it was already hard enough to sleep because you were on your computer for 14 hours, but now you're stressing out about your family's finances and your kids going back to school. And so the sleep is really where we recover as human beings. So the lens was number one. And I, the frame didn't matter to me nearly as much as the lens did because I felt confident in the frame. Then when mm-hmm. I was designing the frame, it was like, okay, if you get the frame, can you adjust it by yourself at home? No, you're not an optician. So I'm not going to sell you a frame that needs to be adjusted. It has to be fixed. When you put it your headset on, is it going to be bulky? Is it going to stab you in the back of your ears? Is it going to cause a headache? Okay, no, it can't do that. Can you even, is it sliding down your nose? Okay, we got to make it super lightweight. And then one of the things we did that I'm really most proud of was that we are aware of the cost of prescription eyewear, very aware of it. And it's incredibly inflated. It just is what it is. So somebody wears glasses, is very uh, immune to the spending four or five hundred dollars once once a year or every other year on glasses and kind of not think twice about it. And to be honest, they don't really know anything about what they bought except the brand of the frame. Right. So we've driven that price down so far that with our glasses, really what you're getting is like six or seven hundred dollars worth of the optical quality goods. But because we are rooted in being a distributor for the last 50 years, Again, us sourcing it is it's coming. We're doing it in collaboration with the manufacturer. We're not buying it from an Alibaba or buying it from like some random source that is making a claim. We're designing it. So the one thing we're really proud of is because of the cost for prescription, if you're somebody who has prescription glasses and then you need sunglasses, then it's really expensive because your insurance is only going to cover your regular glasses. And then you're either going to pay out of pocket for transitions or you're going to pay out of pocket for a pair of glasses. And if you get prescription Oakley sunglasses, you're probably looking at a minimum of $400 all the way up to $1,000 for a pair of sunglasses. So we added a polarized magnetic sun clip. And when we launched it, it came with it. Now we've launched a package that you can buy it without the clip, but that clip, for the right people saves them a ton of money. So I was very, very price conscious about this design, but at the same time, you get what you pay for and I can't do it for $30. So I have shaved as much off as one family can to make this not only the most premium, but a realistically affordable product. Right. Well, and I think it's awesome given the fact that you guys and your family has the prior experience in the industry. So that's Cool that you guys can kind of leverage that and, you know, cut the cost as much as you can to make it affordable for, you know, those that are needing it and not have to pay. You know, I have a younger sister that wears glasses and then my older brother wore glasses um, for a while. So I, I'm pretty aware of how expensive glasses can be um, just from them wearing it. And, you know, my parents obviously buying it and all that as they were growing up. So 
um that's great that you guys have been able to get that price point right um and that's cool too i, I love that you were talking about you know if you think about putting on glasses while you have a headset on you know is it uncomfortable because i think that's where you guys really could have like an advantage and, and i'm not really aware of how other blue light glasses work but I, I could imagine for some that could be an uncomfortable fit you know if it isn't designed to be on you while you have heads, headphones on or something like that so and i think the other thing too being is that the material the material we use is incredibly unique okay. and it, it's what they refer to as amorphous, which means that it kind of always keeps its shape unless it reaches some kind of extreme pressure point. So not only should you not feel any discomfort under your headset, but you're not having to manipulate the structure of your frame to accommodate for that. So when you take your headset off, your frames just kind of rebound back to exactly how they should be. So you can go out in public and your frames aren't all jacked up from having to make them feel comfortable. So they kind of reset when you take the headphones off then. Yeah. So like the kind of idea of Amaphorus is, is think about like an artificial vein that you are like an artery that somebody might have implanted that it has to be flexible in order to pump blood, but it can't, it can't get bigger or get smaller because it has to regulate the exact it's, it's a material that's used for applications like that. So it can be bent and bent and turn, but it'll always go back to its same point. Now, of course, in eyewear, there are going to be points of breakage where it's either really thin or maybe you bent it like 5,000 times in a row. Some of this material when left in its raw form is incredibly more flexible than when it's heated and, and made solid. So you can bend our frames almost at 45 degrees from, from one point. We have some videos online. You can see that. So the overarching okay. theme is that they're just incredibly more durable than probably any pair of glasses you own. Got you. So this is for you know designed for the gamer so they can use it while gaming, but then it can also be for everyday use, you know, when they're not gaming. Yeah, totally. I've always identified with a gamer. I think it's a stigma in the industry. There's some uh, surveys out there that, you know, they ask 10 people, uh, do you consider yourself a gamer? And nine out of 10 say no, but those same nine out of 10 play some kind of game either on their phone or whatever. So the stigma of gamer is something that I'm, I want to break through still. Uh, I don't want people to interpret the name of our company Gamer Advantage as an attempt to take advantage of the industry, but more of a symbol of pride that in work, I'm a gamer and outside of work, I'm also still a gamer. Got you. Okay. That makes total sense. Okay. No, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and put it in part of your brain. I like that. Um, so, and I think you mentioned, I want to ask you this just because, you know, I think it'd be interesting to hear about when you're actually creating the blue light glasses. And I think you mentioned in March of last year, um, when you guys are doing the event, you kind of were figuring it out and, and you were doing like a lot of studying and, and all that. How long does it actually take? Or do you go through clinical trials to like produce the glasses? Like how long did it take you guys or how long does it take to come out with the product? Yeah, so you could go on Alibaba and source quote unquote blue light glasses. It's called extrapolation science, or it's like it means that extrapolation science is making a, a dis, uh, like a statement based on non factual relation kind of thing. So if yellow blocks blue and I make a yellow lens, then I can say it's blocking blue. So that must mean I can say 
it's protecting your eyes from blue light. But blue light is a much bigger conversation than that. And there's different nanometers and different nanometers have different impact on the body. And so, sure, you could block blue, let's say, at 100% in the 410th nanometer, and it is zero impactful on the body. And yet at the 455th nanometer, you block 3% and you need to be blocking at least 40. So what I meant by that is that, thank God, the lens we partnered with and the people we're working with already had all of those clinical trials and studies done, major, major studies, many of them not published because it wasn't relevant because it was internalized for the medical industry. So usually specific industries, you know, they're only going to white paper a, a clinical trial if it provides some type of benefit to their organization to tell a story. So there's a lot of studies that we never see that just aren't white paper. They're not available to the public, but they exist. And I wish I could share everything, but the studies that we can share and the things that we have found are incredibly important. So that saved us a lot of time to come to market. Um, many of those clinical trials that are non-paid double placebo clinical trials done by like a John Hopkins or Harvard or something mm -hmm. along those lines are three to 10 years. And that's oh, wow. if they ever publish it. So that helped that. Then the second kind of delay, not delay, but thing we were really specific about is trademarking and, and patenting and, and things like that. So luckily the lens already had a patent. So we were protected there. And then we went out and kind of trademarked what we call our more flex technology, um, which is what I was referring to about the frame kind of keeping its shape and right, trademarking right. our taglines of play hard, sleep hard, and really trademarking ourselves to make sure we were protected long-term. Got you. Got you. Okay. No, yeah, no, that definitely provides some insight um, around all that. That's really cool. Um, I know you had mentioned that there, or I think I had seen this on your guys' Twitter that they're clinically proven to stop the suppression of melatonin. And I know you touched on a little bit earlier about, you know, how important it is, you know, obviously we know that sleep is important for a lot of us, despite a lot of us sometimes maybe not putting as much importance on it as we should. But can you elaborate a little bit more on that as to how they stop the suppression of melatonin, maybe help you with, you know, your sleep more or, or the details on all that? Yeah, totally. It's probably my favorite topic. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to bring it way down for you. Uh, Let's just say the evolution of the modern human goes back about 50,000 years. You know, 50,000 years, humans look like pretty much they do today. Um, so since that time, uh, we're awake when the sleep comes up, go to sleep when the sun goes down. That was our calendar. That was our clock. That was everything. Uh, you just got to remind ourselves we barely had electricity for 100 years and we barely had high intensity light for maybe 20 years. So it's very difficult to make a claim with conviction that you understand what blue light is doing because it simply hasn't been exposed to the human body for long enough to have long-term understanding. What we do know is that the reason you awaken when the sun comes up is because the sun emits blue light and blue light is what energizes your body. Actually, they say one of the best things you can do in the morning as the sun comes up, if the sun is red, is get like 15 minutes of red sun. You just basically stand in the sun. It's incredible. Vitamin D, it's a cure for jaundice. I mean, there's a million different things. Really? Okay, so, that's really yeah. interesting. So, um, so we know that the sun keeps us awake. Well, the reason it, it also helps us go to sleep is that when the sun goes down, it triggers in your body the the creation of melatonin and the the layman's version of that is that just melatonin is basically a, a chemical in your body that prepares you for slumber 
That's what it does. And it takes time. It usually kicks in three, four hours before you're supposed to go to sleep. So mm-hmm. I look at sleep as for the last 50,000 years being the number one medicine. I mean, any anybody can recall at any time they've ever been sick that sleep is always recommended along with fluids and whatever medicine, other medicine, right. but it's always like go get sleep. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, some crazy reason, we have like come up with this attitude like it's cool to not sleep. And what resulted in is a middle finger to biology. Like, screw you. I'm going to stay up all night and sleep all day. Evolution takes mutations and DNA takes thousands or tens of thousands of years to evolve. So maybe one day as humans, we do evolve to the ability to uh, manipulate our melatonin production and not be so dependent on blue light. But I'm here to tell you right now, we are dependent on blue light. When you, your brain does not know the difference between the lights in your ceiling, the lights on the screen, the lights on your phone, whatever it might be, and the sunlight. So over time, uh, that's what that's what happens. And we don't want to be the ones who said, I told you so. So what the goal is, is to stop the suppression of your melatonin so you can sleep better. And I'm sorry for the discord dings there. No, um, you're good. No worries. If you want me to mute them, I'll mute them. If not, we could just power through it. Yeah, we can just go. Go for it. Okay. So um, it's you, the suppression of melatonin makes it harder to fall asleep. If you don't produce enough melatonin and you don't fall asleep correctly, you will not reach REM sleep. If you talk to any even just person in physical fitness that understands how protein is synthesized, REM sleep is incredibly important from a physical standpoint. It's so important. But then they've been able to attach REM sleep to how type two diabetics metabolize. And if they don't reach REM sleep, they experience higher blood sugars than, than type two diabetics who do reach REM sleep. So it has this like crazy pattern. So it's really shifting the conversation around like blocking blue light versus regulating blue light. Cause I'm not here to tell you blue light's bad. Blue light's very good, but it's hmm. bad when used in the wrong application and can have some pretty significant long-term effects. Okay, this is interesting. See, I'm learning because I, I, I guess I don't just I haven't taken the time to like learn much about this. I know a little bit. I feel like blue light the last couple of years has become just like a buzzword because of you know some of the glasses and stuff that have come out. But so if I sound really ignorant, I'm sorry. I'm just asking questions because I'm learning. <laughs> you are people with blue light are at the same level as the people when the guy first came out and said, "Rub this white cream all over your body, and it's going to protect you from the sun." And people are like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And now we all wear SPF 50. So use that analogy right. for a moment. And your your ignorance is incredibly welcomed because it's it's time to educate. And we're smarter than that. Over time, we should learn this quicker than it took us to learn to wear, wear sunscreen. No, definitely, definitely. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on, not just for me to learn, but, you know, for everybody listening to, to hear about this. So blue light is not just emitted off of computer screen like i know you were saying when the sun comes up there's blue light other other lights produce blue light as well is that correct yeah pretty much anything um led any pretty much anything at this point i mean there's some older like incandescent light bulbs that emit very low levels of blue light but anything led oled plasma uh your dashboard in your car your your cell phone your laptop the the lights in the casino all of those things absolutely 100 percent. yes okay okay because i guess i don't know so so then your guys glasses are ideally you'd want to wear them not just while gaming but for everyday use because you also have blue light being emitted off these other surfaces and items and, and things like that 
Yeah. So we say to people, so the hardest thing to do for us is to convince somebody who doesn't wear glasses to wear glasses. So of course we don't want you to treat it like a retainer, but you still wore your retainer before you went to bed every night. So if we can get people that far along, now everybody wears an Invisalign in public and they're proud of it. But before you would never (laughs) wear your, your retainer in public because it was, it was embarrassing. So glasses still have a little bit of a stigma like that. Like, so I think that if we can get somebody to the point where they're maybe a casual gamer, they play three hours a night and then they go to bed. And sometimes they find themselves that when they shut off their Xbox or PC at at midnight, they're not tired yet. And so they're not falling asleep until three, four in the morning, got to be up for eight o'clock to go to work. So that is a a, a absolute play. and, And three hours a night is better than none. But no artificial light is good for you. That's kind of the premise we live by is that there's artificial light is not good for you. And again, long-term effects could be far beyond blue light. So what we do know is that our glasses don't have any reverse effect where if you wear them for too long, you're going to be too tired because it doesn't work like that because you can't, we're only filtering blue light in the, in the, at the level that's impactful for where it's too much blue light. So it's still letting in blue light during the day at a level that is appropriate. It's filtering the blue light at night when the only blue light I know you're looking at at 11 o'clock at night is from your screens. You can't tell me it's from the sun because it's okay. Okay. That's super interesting. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm learning stuff. I like this. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, and then I know this is, we're going to pivot a little bit here, but I know you guys came out. I don't know if it's a new product. I was kind of like looking at your guys' Twitter before we got on here, but I saw you guys have this thing called fog away. And I watched the video of like, you know, and for anyone listening, you guys can go to their Twitter and, and see the video. But I was watching the video where, you know, it's like broken down the middle and he like lifts them and, and one side is really fogged and then your guys isn't. Uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to talk about it and, and kind of share how that came about. Yeah, so actually fog away was so one of the things that I'm really keen on is uh, kind of anything we do has to be of a certain caliber and we have to own it. So I'm not really interested in going to somebody and saying, Hey, you make an anti-fog product that sells on Amazon. Can I private label it? So I partnered with a nanotechnology company and the original intention was to come out with an anti-fog solution for VR headsets and kind of like show that I know that it's probably not like an incredibly high demand of fog VR headsets, but I know it is it is a problem. So we just started kind of like playing around with it, really, to be totally honest, earlier or towards the end of last year, early this year. And then COVID-19 happened. Um, it, it changed everything. All of a sudden, we started getting like hundreds of orders a day for this fog away on our website. And there's a huge demand for it right now. Imagine going into the eye doctor right now, you have to wear a mask and then you're trying on glasses. It's impossible. So the optical industry, the eye doctors just like got so freaking excited because anti-fog solution for a long time is another one of those kind of like snake oil categories where people have bought it who like might be snowboarders or you ski or you ride a motorcycle or you shoot guns or whatever and you bought it as a scuba diving is a really popular one most people Mm -hmm. just fit on their mask that's not really true anti-fog um but the the uh concept of it was always around but we ended up this manufacturer we partnered with it freaking works and it's not a diluted i like to compare it to i have a lot of analogies but i think they're helpful tell me if they're yeah. not no no uh, they're definitely like helpful. store shampoo right it's like 80 percent water 20 percent shampoo and then you buy a bottle of dove and it's like 80 percent shampoo 20 percent water that's how i look at fog away um most anti-fog solutions are delete diluted with lens cleaner which actually is uh, an inhibitor and it makes it difficult for the fog anti-fog coating to work 
So this is a nanotechnology. It, it provides a thin layer of protection. It's made in the USA, and it has been a huge driving force to getting people back to work who were not prepared f- to wear a glass, uh, their glasses and a mask. Right. Right. Which, which can be a huge, like you're saying, I mean, obviously, you know, I think it's pretty much enforced everywhere. So, you know, everyone's wearing a mask and I can imagine if you've got glasses, it's gotta be frustrating it fogging up. So does it like, if I say I'm someone that wears glasses on a daily basis, or, you know, I wear your guys' glasses, do you put it on in the morning and it lasts for a couple of hours or, or I guess how, how long does it stay on there for? Yeah, it lasts about 24 hours. So you apply it okay. Of the day, and if you watch our YouTube video about how to apply it, if you do it the right way, it'll last pretty long under even intense conditions. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's it's pretty easy to use. The other thing about fog is it's not only annoying; it's incredibly unsafe. So think about if you were just driving down the freeway and your windshield fogged up in the middle of traffic. Like, there's no different if it happens on your glasses. So there is some statistics out there that are put out by like kind of not OSHA, but a similar safety kind of company. And they say daily there's 2,000 eye injuries across the workplace in the United States. Of those 2,000 eye injuries, 99% of because the people weren't wearing safety glasses. Out of those 99% of people not wearing safety glasses, the number one reason is because they fogged up. So people are taking off safety glasses in a manufacturing plant because they can't see the machine they're sticking their hand into. And then something comes flying from the other side of the factory and hits them in the eye. So it's a really interesting situation. And I think that as we bring kids back to school, if we see kids wearing masks in school, imagine the sixth grader who has to wear a mask carrying a laptop with his shoes untied, wearing glasses and a mask fogging up as he goes up the stairs in middle school. So it's a bigger conversation long term, but we're ready for it. We have something that works. No, that's incredible. Yeah, it's cool that you guys have a solution for that. And I couldn't think of a better time to have, you know, a product like that. Um, To pivot again, I know we're kind of like really pivoting on these last two questions. But um, I want to talk a little bit about your role as you know, the founder of Gamer Advantage, you know, what is your day to day look like, you know, kind of what are some of the tasks that that, you know, you do with your role? Um, You know, I think it's always fun to for a lot of our guests, we ask this question just to kind of hear, you know, what it is that they're doing on a day to day basis It's, it's always interesting to hear about. Yeah, so that's why I like to call myself a founder. This is a family of people. It's not only my, you know, my in-laws as a family, but the people who I brought on board to build this company are my family. And I am, I'm the obvious leader, not like putting, not tooting my horn, but this is my baby. And so I do everything. I'm involved in everything. Uh, Probably two or three times a week, I pack the orders because I want to see well, how it feels, how it's going. Um, I, I do all of the ordering, the inventory management, all that. I also get involved in all of the conversations with any size content creator. I give anybody my cell phone number and I'm open to networking with everybody and anybody that I'm ever introduced to. So I carry a very um, a, a personal role here that it's like, I'm not here to bring the hammer down and I don't have a like a, a like a, I'm in charge of operations. I have like a kind of a flex role at this company where I am have my hands in every single thing we do, but I give my team autonomy to be creative and, and do it the right way. So I had to learn how to share 
which I'm cool yeah. with. I can do that. But I definitely, that was a learning curve for me. And I think once people understood the culture and my intentions, it really skyrocketed. So I have a lot of phone calls on a daily basis with like really massive people in the industry that I just, I love telling my story to. And we usually find a way to connect in some way, shape or form once they kind of hear why we're doing what we're doing and that I'm the person driving it. And it's not some no face entity or private equity or some venture capitalists. It's, you know, when you can put a face to the company and say, you got a problem, call my, I've had tons of customers I've called from my cell phone and thanked them for their order or handle the situation. So there isn't anything I don't touch. No, that, I mean, I, I can just speak for myself as a consumer. I mean, I love buying products from, like you're saying, first off, if it's family owned or anything like that, that's always great. Cause I feel like there's more of a, a connection or relationship, but definitely if you have the opportunity to like talk to somebody and actually, you know, hear their story and you've got an incredible story, I think it definitely speaks volumes and it doesn't make it, especially for something like blue light glasses, where I feel like right now, like you can go on Amazon and literally like hundreds of different kinds can come up. And I mean, yeah, you can kind of read reviews, but uh, I mean, I can imagine it's hard to pick like, you know, what do I buy? What do I not buy? Um, I, I think it's really important that, you know, you guys are coming in at the angle that, that you're coming in at. We wouldn't do it any other way, honestly. I'm just doing it in a way that feels natural to me. So yeah. you don't have to remember what you said if you don't lie. That was something my mom used to say to me. You don't have to remember what you said if you don't lie. And I think in this industry, we get caught up in a lot of lies. And I'm here to tell you, we're not lying and we're ready to be called out <laughs> and accused of it. No, definitely. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, well, one of the last questions I have for you is we start talking about, I guess, this and one other um, but how, and this is more so like growing your guys' brand. Um, like I said, I was looking at your guys' Twitter before we hopped on here for a little bit and, and saw you guys are kind of working with some influencers. Um, I saw you guys are doing some, some stuff with Streamlabs. Um, but as far as just building a brand, I know you said you created it with like, you know, you're a gamer, um, inside and outside of work and, and you're coming at it with that angle, but growing within the gaming space, you know, kind of what have been some of the challenges or, or how have you guys approached the gaming space to grow your brand? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So number one challenge is, is that everybody's being put into the same pot as far as value add goes when uh, organizations and individuals are aligning with brands. So let me give you an example. Okay. If Dr. Pepper, if, if, a, if a big tier one org charges Dr. Pepper a million dollars for X amount of mentions, X amount of brand placement, whatever, that same fee transfers to my small family optical company. So it makes it incredibly difficult for us to even have conversations with teams and individuals that we know we can change their life without a sponsorship. So my approach to this whole thing is that like, if you wouldn't buy some kind of blue glasses, blue light glasses without me giving you a free pair, we're not a fit for each other. That's first and foremost. So like, if you're just doing it because I pay you, I don't even want you doing it. I have no mm -hmm. interest in that. The second thing is, is that I think what a lot of these organizations don't understand is that when you throw, or even agencies is that when you, and I have a marketing background too, you know, from the banking days, which our ad buys were much bigger than what it is in Twitch for in right. a lot of cases. Oh, there, 
if you come to me and you say it's $5,000 a month, we do four tweets a month, we do two Instagrams, and we do one call out per hour on our stream, that's a media buy. That's not a partnership. That's a media buy. And now I got to take that and compare it to Google and compare it to Facebook and compare it to whatever other forum I can advertise on. So if you can't give me any type of metrics for return on investment, which the gaming industry is awful at doing, they want everybody to spend a ton of money. And then you say, cool, when you did this with X chair company, how many chairs did you sell? Well, we can't give you that data. It's like, yeah, because it was like none. So impressions <laughs> are cool. Conversions are what matter to us because a lot of eyes on us are helpful. But if people aren't buying the glasses, then we're not making a wave in this area that we're claiming is incredibly important. So we really have started my number one love of what I do is reaching out to those people, those streamers, those organizations, those everybody and saying, here's who I am. And if your streamer or content creator or team wears these glasses, I can prove to you that it has a physical and mental benefit. So two things I want to go, I want to say, our glasses are to gaming, what helmets are to football. Okay. Okay. So you wear a helmet when you play football, there's no debate. Now, when football started, it took 30 years or 40 years to realize that we should wear helmets. So let's use that analogy again, as that's where we're at in gaming. Everybody knows everything and they're not wearing glasses, yet the gateway to our brain is our eyes. And for some reason, $150 pair of shoes, you know, no problem. $150 for a pair of glasses, you're crazy. Then on top of it, you have teams and individuals who make a claim to wellness being important, spend $1,500 on a chair, $5,000 on a mattress, and some of these teams even spend $10,000 a month on private chefs. So when we get in the conversation of a $120 pair of glasses that can improve your life based on increased REM sleep time, and we're going to battle over a sponsorship fee to even show you that they work, we don't work together. And that position has proven to work very well for us because the people who say, I understand where you're coming from, I want to try them. When they get them, they want nothing more but to work with us. And it's because it works and they believe in it. And now we can have a real conversation about working together. We don't have an unlimited budget. We're a family. Every time we spend something, it's like going to the ATM, man. It's it's right. Uh, makes me nervous. And if you look at a lot of these huge esports teams, they're still not profitable. Their burn rate is tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And they're trying to make it all up on huge sponsorship deals. So we will never be able to afford that. Um, so we have to be super cautious, very organic and incredibly honest. Yeah, no, that that actually sparks like an interesting thought in my head as, as you were saying all that is. And it's totally true, because like I said, we've we've had a couple health and wellness people on here that kind of have different angles and roles within the industry and you know who they work with and all that. So we've had some of these conversations on the podcast, but it's true that you're starting to see a lot of these teams, like you're saying, they'll go and get a, a private chef. They'll spend loads of money on you know an ergonomic setup to try to make it better for their players and this and that. So you guys, from the glasses point of view, you guys are still feeling as if there's a little bit of pool with some brands and orgs as far as um, settling the case that just like they're putting an emphasis on, you know, those examples we just provided, uh, that same emphasis maybe isn't getting put on yet as far as wearing glasses that also provide, you know, health benefits for you. Dude, a mil- you couldn't have said it better. And that's crazy to me that that's debatable. 
That's right. where, I, and that's why I'm so passionate. So I know to a lot of other people, it's like, dude, it's blue light, relax. To me personally, that's crazy. And we right. owe it to think about the people who aren't making the decision and their parents are making the decision. So now you got a Gen Xer, early 40s, has a kid 10 to 15 years old gaming every night the parent doesn't know what the hell to do they don't know if video games are bad for their kid or good for their kid they don't know what the hell if blue light is bad for their kid or good for their kid and they don't know if they should allow their kid to pursue a scholarship in college for gaming and all of these happening while the kid who's playing football is wearing a helmet but the kid who's gaming isn't wearing glasses so when that first kid comes out and that parent comes out and says my kid's eyesight I feel is damaged to too many video games and I'm going to sue or go public about it. What happens to all these other people who are pursuing a career in esports when the hammer comes down from the people who organize these things that don't know anything about video games and say, whoops, this was a bad idea. Never mind. Blue light's bad. So we're just going to cancel this program versus like, oh, it's not a problem. We provide these classes and these kids are getting A's and they're sleeping and they're playing video games. Right. Well, I mean, and going back to your example of like, you know, if you play football, you wear a helmet and it makes sense because otherwise, you know, football would probably be canceled in today's day and age. And so I guess it's getting them to understand that, hey, blue light glasses, if you're a pro esports player or if you're a full time streamer, that needs to be like part of, you know, quote unquote, your equipment, if that makes sense, I guess. And let me throw one other thing at you. Go watch any League of Legends tournament and you're going to have four or five people on any given team wearing glasses. And mm-hmm. I, I found out, didn't take much research to find out that Ray-Ban and Oakley, they're not paying for that. So if you're a streamer or you're a team and you're on the camera and you're wearing somebody else's brand and they're not paying you, wear my brand instead and I won't pay you either. And it'll be a thousand times better for you. So I just right. say that kind of cocky in a half joking manner because it's like, well, if your current pair of glasses isn't paying you to wear them and I'm claiming my glasses are better could, shouldn't like the fact that you don't even have to go to the eye doctor and buy it. You should be buying them from me. Why would I give them to you for free? So <laughs> it's like, you know, and we're, we're giving a lot of glasses away for free, but every time I give one away for free and it's treated like it's free, that's, it uh, makes me uncomfortable. Right? No, absolutely. Um, well, well, I guess the, the last question then officially the last question I have for you is what are you guys doing? Or I guess what is your solution you guys as a company and, and kind of for the industry of this, how are you guys approaching solutions? How are you guys seeing, you know, maybe what are some things that are working as far as elaborating? Is it, you know, is it content? Is it YouTube videos? Is it, um, you know, getting in front of people and actually talking to them? What do you guys see as the solution and, and the steps to take to, you know, make it a norm where this is something that people really realize, okay, like, you know, just like we invest in all these other things to, to you know, be at, a, you know, our top tier as we are, this is another thing that we need to make a priority. Yeah. So priority number one always, and has been, and will be education. That's our number one, because, you know, we got to put our money where our mouth is. So, right. Number one for me. Number two is that I don't know when when this will air, but 11 minutes from now, we're going to announce something that has been promised plenty of times by our competitors and has never happened. And so it's another instance of us putting our money where our mouth is. So watch for that, man. It's going to be really awesome. And that's going to show you the level we're taking this to. So 
we went through our growing pains. We did bad deals that not intentionally, obviously. They just we spent a lot of money on things that people didn't deliver on. So we've done, we've gone through our growing pains. Now we're much more tactical, much more strategic. We have a better understanding of not only our own community that we've all, all the people working on Gamer Advantage have been a part of for a very long twenty plus years, but we're learning the the buying behavior and and making sure that we're accommodating and not manipulating. And so. The, the second thing that's really important is finding a high profile way to tell our story that doesn't make it gimmicky. So we've aligned with some resources in the industry that help tell that same story for some ultra premium brands. And you're going to see a taste of that in the video you're going to see at four o'clock today. So I think it's elevating and saying if we're the best glasses in the world, we have to produce some of the best content in the world. But there is a caveat to that, that we're still very new on a budget and a startup. So I think people appreciate the organic content and combination with starting to spend some money on some real storytelling here absolutely yeah no well i, I love storytelling so and that, really that's part of the reason why i started this podcast um is is because i love storytelling and hearing it so i was like well wh why don't i just create a platform for people to do that so here we are um, but listen i appreciate i'm excited i know four o'clock for us is in 10 minutes so i know that's gonna drop real soon and, and i'll be excited to go see that um, but I wanted to thank you again while we're on here, you know, for, for coming on and sharing, I learned loads. So, you know, for everybody listening, I hope you guys, um, learned a lot as well. Uh, Brian, where is the best place? You know, if you guys are listening on Apple podcast, we'll, we'll link some of his stuff and, and gamer advantage, you know, in the notes there, so you guys can just click and follow, but for listening purposes right now, uh, where's the best place for people to connect with you, Brian? Yeah, everything is at Gamer Advantage. Um, and then you could just go to GamerAdvantage.com. Uh, and then I'm, DM's always open, my personal Twitter, everything. So uh, if anybody listens to this and has questions, open door policy, happy to answer any of them. That's awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you again. Um, and, you know, for everybody listening and, and tuning in, thank you guys for, for joining us here on the show. And we will catch you guys next Tuesday for another episode of The Lodges Podcast.